Welcome back to another summer episode of the Husky Fan Podcast, but you are already knew that. That's why you're listening. Jimmy Cornell, you know, I'm a little bit perturbed right now, just checking a few things outside of football, but uh, I'll forget about that stuff and uh, put on a great show tonight. How are you? Is it Mariner Hot Talk? We're going to get into King Felix talk. We're going to break him down. I just want to skip Husky chat and just go straight to Mariner Hot Talk, or what? Uh, if uh, if our listeners would like that, we can direct them to 710, who's currently <laughs> masturbating over every batter, every pitch, every game that is extremely insignificant in the big picture. You just can't afford to start Felix. There's just, you can't have a loss on every rotation. You got he doesn't have the attitude to go to the bullpen. He's just a punk. Oh, man. I'm just glad I'm not a baseball fan. Ugh. They're just going on and on about Felix. On and on. I have to tune in. I rarely tune in, but it's so predictable. Every time you listen to that station, it's either Richard Sherman talk or winter meetings talk with a little bit about Felix and okay. Pac. Let me, let, let me, uh, let me, I, I don't have a segue here, but let me transition to something else completely unrelated, but, uh, I, th- something's been on my mind. I got a question for you. Oh yeah. Fire away. Since, since we're near, since we're, well, I guess we're not quite, uh, we're not quite a uh, we're not quite less than a month from Auburn, but I was thinking between Auburn and Alabama, which fan base do you think has more incest? Okay, I don't want to get into these topics. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's why I asked it, bro. You know that's why I asked it. <laughs> I you know I'd rather go back to King Felix talk, even though I know nothing about it, other than I know he's falling apart. My my answer, I think it's Alabama. I'm not going to argue that point. It's it's. it's it's quite possible. You could probably ask Roy Moore. He was one of the latest victims of uh, Who is America? The Sasha Baron Cohen show on Showtime, which is absolutely hilarious. I'm sure Roy Moore could fill you in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he could. You could send him a tweet, ask him all about it. Yeah. 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 But I, don't, I just I have nothing else to add. I haven't watched the show. Well, so you, tune, t- you tell me about it. You just tune in. It's it's great television. It's good stuff. I think you'd enjoy it. Get a good laugh. Yeah, well, I know we got a lot of questions to get to, Chester, but I did want to run through a couple a couple things. Wait, what did what did you call me? <laughs> Chester. I thought you were going by Chester now. No, it's Chest. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Jess. I, I have a few topics to, to, to touch on uh, before we dive in. Are, are well, you ready? Please, please touch away. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Dennis DeYoung has of late been quite uh, vocal on a number of areas. And he touched on the fact that he, he is a little surprised at how many people haven't kind of rage somewhat about basically letting the Pac-12 championship, or at least getting there, slip through their hands and fan bases seems to be giving this team a pass. 
I guess he hasn't been listening to us. I, I think we've pointed out, you know, all they had to do is take care of business uh, at Arizona State. And, I mean, you know, think of all the emphasis we talked about before that game. You, you know, you got you got the bye week after that game. You got to go all in. You got to do everything you can to win that game. They came out flat. Browning was, you know, was totally dejected. You know, we had inside sources that the the team was not up for that game. Um, I think we, I think we were pretty hard on that team for basically letting that season go. They had it completely in control. Um, in that last year. So I just want to let Dennis know that I don't think we let that one slip by. We, we were, were Ryan Nall let that one slip by. <laughs> that's true. The Ryan Nall fumble. That was a, uh, that was also a huge blow. I just, but, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm Go ahead. Say, look, this team had all the opportunities, you know, they, they were rolling Stanford for the first, you know, first quarter and a half, Whatever it was, they had that game. You know, a couple plays changed momentum. You know, I watched the Utah replay the other night, and you know, Miles Bryant just he got he got roughed up a few times this year. He got picked on pretty bad, and uh, Stanford was no exception. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the four game, well, the three games we lost plus Utah, which could have been a loss. The I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm going to do a post about this. But the third down pass defense was just atrocious in all these games. The statistics for these quarterbacks, and they, it, it's fun. Like they got worse as the season went on. Uh, well, the, the second worst one was Stanford, but even against ASU, I mean, our, our third and fourth down because there were in in, in these games were a couple times where you know we had them like fourth stopped, and then on fourth and one they converted. So the third the the third down. Percentage is even worse if you factor in that they still converted on fourth down. But no, I, I no, I, I agree with uh, I agree with Dennis. I mean, I, I think you and I are in agreement. It, it you know, I, heading into last year, our minimum expectation is we should win the North and play for the Pac-12 championship. And that, according to our buddy Metric Superiority Guy, that was the easiest schedule we've ever played in modern history. Yep. I mean, that road schedule, I mean, we thought that Colorado and Oregon State might be kind of trap games, but both those teams turned out to be horrid. Well, was, you look at the road schedule, all we had to do was just basically beat Stanford or ASU. Like, that's all we had to do was just win one of those games, really. And, you know, we, we might have, I don't know, we probably wouldn't have made the playoff because the conference was too weak, but we would have... Uh, you know, we would have played for the, the championship. And it, even, it, if, even if we lost, we still probably would have had a shot to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. And we talked about it at the start of the season. We looked at that schedule very closely about how it was set up for them to com- absolutely control their season. And for whatever reason, uh, the ASU game, okay, ASU was the 109th ranked defense going into that game. Now, we did talk about, you know, some of their blitz packages. They had an extra week to prepare for Washington. Though, I I don't think those are strong enough uh, reasons for them to have won that game. 
But but here, here's the thing. Let me let me interrupt you for a second. The ASU, the shitty performance in the first half, was not out of character for sure. the offense because it was it was a bad first half offense in every road game. I mean, Rutgers was what ten to seven. At halftime, we didn't even score an offensive touchdown. It was a Pettis punt return. Oregon State was seven to zero yep. at halftime. I mean, Colorado. I think we had ten points at halftime. Yep. Uh, Stanford was the only game. Stanford was like the ASU was like the ASU game from 2015, where like the first half was so great, and then we just completely curled up into a ball and just let the other team dominate the second half. When the first half was like completely out of character in both in both instances. But yeah, well, no, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it, uh, you know, it, it gives, it gives the, the team a real sense of urgency this year and especially the seniors and, and Pete has talked about it. I mean, there's a lot of seniors on this team that things could go either way. Like they, they, you know, there's a lot of seniors that are good players, but they really need to take their games to the next level for this team to be successful. I mean, Browning is off. He, he's obviously one of those seniors. Tevis Bartlett is another one. Jojo McIntosh. I mean, I don't think he's gotten any better in the last couple of years. A BBK. I mean, we know he, he's a liability, but maybe he'll be more physical. Maybe he can improve. I mean, there's, there's a lot of seniors that uh, really need to, really need to pick things up and, and really improve. And, and really, I mean, there was no leadership last year. Where was the leadership? I mean, Browning sulking against ASU after after all those missed kicks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, that, that's that's probably one of his strongest areas he has to clean up. And you know, <laughs> like you posted today, uh, his leadership was, was subpar. Some of the worst you had been seen. Uh, in the last long, you know, I think you mentioned thirty years. Can you I mean, can you can you think of a quarterback who, who was a worse leader that we've had? No, I mean, I'm trying to think through. Like you know, you had Carl Bunnell in there. You see, he was fine. You know, Locker seemed to be a leader. We know Tui was Pickett. He always was even keel guy. I'm just trying to think of recent guy. I mean, Brock was a little pouty. He was kind of he was a little bit of a prima donna, but I think overall, uh, you know, he's somewhat of a good. I mean, Hober was a phenomenal leader. Brunel, great leader. Um, yeah, I mean, some of his attitude that he's displayed. Yeah, I don't think I've recalled other quarterbacks in the Husky lore of you know legendary guys of showing that. But you know, it also is an era where everything is tracked. You know, we didn't necessarily get every damn angle of every game like we do now, and everyone taking everything out of proportion on social media. Um, I mean, this whole new world of the social media is just bonkers. I mean, every little thing is torn to to minute, you know, pieces. But yeah, no, he's got a lot to prove. I mean, and, and that kind of segues into the second topic I want to bring up is. You know, this Auburn game is not going to be Rutgers. <laughs> the first, you know, where we saw a team that were high expect. I mean, Brock Hewitt even said it was a national title team. The guys were all big, you know, they're big, physical, nasty, all that stuff. And they come out and, you know, essentially lay a big fat egg against Rutgers. I mean, Browning almost got himself put out of the season in one play. Uh, you know, you've, I find it hard to believe he didn't 
come away with a concussion on that hit. I mean, he got absolutely obliterated. I mean, those are the kind. If, if he takes shots like that against Auburn, uh, you know, in a month, I mean, good luck. I mean, this this first game at Auburn, you know, the more I think about it and all the hype surrounding this team, it has me more concerned. And that's like, what is the worst case scenario? Where where are the holes in this team that could just be? exposed immediately in this game. Well, I think the worst case scenario is Browning gets hurt and he's, he misses a significant amount of time. I mean, I think the worst case scenario is injuries. I don't think, I don't think we're going to lose by like 20 points. I just, I I mean, I I think we'll be competitive. I think that's a reasonable assumption, you know, being competitive and having a chance to win the game. I mean, those are a legitimate chance. I mean, those are two different things, but you know, I, I know that Dennis and his uh, acolytes or, or, or whatever you want to call them, that, you know, there's this joke that Jake Browning sucks. And, you know, I, I, we've, I think you and I were pretty dialed in on Browning. I mean, he is what he is. You know, maybe he's a glorified game manager. That's probably a little harsh. I think he's better than that. But, I mean, if you actually think that, like, Jake Hayner or one of these true freshmen, if that would be a good thing that they play, I mean, give me a fucking break. No, that would not be a good thing. It's, it already had been, you know, talked about that those two guys were swimming in spring ball. I mean, I don't, I don't care what, you know, what Jake Hayner does in practice. I mean, practice in the, I mean, those, those things are different. I mean, there's no way Hayner in practice is facing, and even, even there were some inside reports he's looking good in practice. That was before this year. Are, are you telling me that, like, he can actually, he actually stood in there? And he was th- throwing darts with Vita Vea, Greg Gaines, and Jalen Johnson running in his face. <laughs> I mean, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm not advocating in any manner that I, I want to see any of those guys come in for Browning. Nor would I think the season would be successful. Uh, though I think where you know my concerns are for this game is would be the lack of experience at wide receiver. You know, what does Hamden do? I, I don't think Hamden's going to panic. I think he's going to do great as the offense coordinator. But is Browning going to panic? What is he going to do when he takes some heat? Uh, he's got to take care of the ball. He can't take 10, 20-yard sacks in the game. Um, clearly, Gaskin and Ahmed are the strengths of that offense. But I don't want to see this team unravel early if they have some you know, tough, some tough series. And I think also the D-line depth is going to be a concern going into this game. And, you know, if you don't get the production out of Potawai'i, your boy, with some heat on the edge, I mean, there is concern of where the pressure is going to come from in this game. Who are they going to rotate, uh, you know, in the front? Uh, You still got some... You know, Wellington's an undersized guy at linebacker. You know, Beaver's just got to play well. I mean, they love to sub guys. This this is – and Auburn is a running team. They're a real running team. And, I mean, that's how the game could get ugly if we, if we just can't move the ball. And then on the other side of the ball, our linebackers, which is – I mean, that, that, that's my biggest concern. I, to be honest, just for the season, I'm, I'm more concerned about the linebackers and the receivers which I'll get into later, but especially against a team like Auburn. I mean, I was watching, not to harp on BBK, but I was, and not to say Auburn is, is 
you know, they're going to have a running game like Alabama, but man, some of those Scarborough runs a couple years ago, I mean, BBK just looked like, it just looked like it was JV against varsity. Like he was just getting blocked into oblivion. That's what I was going to say. If you're, if you're watching film on Washington, you're going to look to see where BBK is lined up. Are you, are you going to, are you going to go right toward that guy? Aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I would. So, I mean, there, but that's the one thing though, you know, rap and Jojo are fierce hitters. You know, they run, they're run, you know, they run downhill type of guys. I mean, they're certainly going to, you know, help that support, but like, you know, you're going to have to ask your corners to, to be on islands if you're going to get your safeties to support the run. So, I, you know, I'm. There's a lot of hype around this game. You know, a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have picked Auburn. Some obviously West Coast guys. West Coast guys think Washington's going to win, but you know, I I want to kind of pump the brakes on the hype because you know we did see a team that, in our minds, should have been. You know, not having these slow starts like they did all of last year. What's going to change? this year so that doesn't happen and you just can't you can't start out this game like you did with Rutgers where you just you seemed out of sync in a lot of areas like you did and you had a lot of experience on that team last year and it felt like you know they were not quite settled they did not have solid footing that's what it felt like to me anyway well I I think it's just a function of the offense just really not being that great it's a function of Browning is a guy who can't really create, and you know you really only had who, who was the second wide receiver? Who was the number two wide receiver when aside from Pettis when we started the season? I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, was it Pacelli or, or Fuller? Yeah, Pacelli. I mean, Jesus, you know, and Hunter Bryant. It obviously it, it took Hunter. You know, the passing game to the tight ends. It took a, a couple games for that to get going. I mean, Disley did a great job after Hunter Bryant got hurt. But, I mean, at the beginning of the season, but, he, he, I mean, it even continued in the middle of the season. I mean, I just I just think it was a function of the offense really wasn't that great. Um, it wasn't playing to its strengths enough. You know, Chico got hurt. You know, that was a that really hurt because that took away a, a guy who could, you know, create something out of nothing. And basically you just had Pettis. And then Trey Adams went down, and, you know, Browning, can't. He, he's not a creator himself. So I think a lot of it just had to do with the with the offense, you know, losing John Ross, and then some injuries kind of exacerbating some of the talent deficiencies that you already had going into the season. So I, but, but what's, I mean, really, what's your biggest concern about the game? Is it just getting blown out? It, I mean, for me, it's injuries. Yeah, I mean, I think injuries are obviously a concern, but I mean, with what they went through last year, injury-wise, I think it's hard. They're, I think just the odds will say that's not going to happen. I think my concern for the game is, you know, they can't get a pass game going. Auburn, you know, stays focused on the run game. Our D-line hangs in there early, but I mean, the thing about Gaines, he's not been healthy the last two years. I mean, he's got to be healthy coming into this game, into this season. And if, you know, Gaines isn't playing full games and he's out series, 
I mean, who's going to come in? You know, who's going to who's going to be the guys to give these guys a blow uh, for a series or two? And are they going to hold up? Those are my concerns. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I really like uh, Jalen Johnson, and uh, I also I also think Levi. Oh, yeah. By Anzarik. I think he's going to make a big jump this year. But no, you're right, because the last couple of years, I mean, you had Gaines and Vita Vea. And so, if, you know, if Vita Vea was tired, you could have Gaines in there. I mean, you, you if, got Hulu. If, if, yeah, those, those, I mean, yeah, those those guys are not run, run stuffers, whoever would replace Gaines. Um, but I, I think Shane Bowman. Speaking of defensive, we need to see him have like the Andrew Hudson, Tani Tupo, Damian Turpin, like come out of nowhere and like be a good player as a senior. I mean, do you expect the do freshman Dean Lyman to come in and just be ready to roll against Auburn? No way. I, I don't. I don't see that. And, you know... Washington needs this game from a national perspective. They're going to need it because of their schedule as a whole. Uh, you know, and the fact that they're not going to be playing in front of a full stadium until Stanford. Think think of the garbage games that they're going to start the year off with at home. I, I'm not saying that's going to impact whether they win or lose the game. But, I mean, that I, I, we you get flash sale notices for tickets. Like you're telling me, like the the ticket demand is so high, you have to do flash sale emails and two game ticket packages now. I mean, to me, that tells me they're having a hard time selling tickets. And when you look at the, I mean, look at the home games. What game are you dying to go to? Stanford would be the only game. Like I'd be really excited. Okay, they got Colorado at home, BYU. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's last year's road schedule, which was atrocious. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, now you know. Now we flip the schedule. It's going to be, you know. I think Utah. I mean, looking at that Utah game. I mean, Huntley. Huntley's a good quarterback. He had some boneheaded plays against us, like where he was scrambling and he literally just chucks up the ball and Taylor Rapp picks it. Like he's not going to do that again this year, in my opinion. Um, but you know, Utah is going to be young at receiver this year. But Huntley's a good quarterback. I like that guy. And, you know, if he had not made some errors and completed some passes, I mean, that definitely could have been a totally different outcome uh, for UW in that game. Um, I mean, Huntley had some really bad plays. Um, yeah, so, and, and I mean, well, yeah, and I mean, if, if I'm predicting the season, I mean, I, I think we're going to be one and two, but I think we can win every other game. I mean, that's basically how I look at it. And... Uh, I mean, I don't want, I, I know there's some, but it just bothers me because there's some fans who they care about the playoff beyond like the play. They, they put like winning the conference is like so much less desirable than trying to make the playoff. Like we have to root for other teams in the league because it'll help us make the playoff when, you know, we're not a playoff team. I mean, it's one thing if we beat Auburn and we're like, we prove we are the first couple of games we looked like we did in 2016 but you know and, and this goes back to I think what a little bit of what Dennis is saying about last year like you know and I even Tequila talks about this sometimes and I agree with them like we have to establish ourselves as the best team in the West before we can consider ourselves like a playoff contender every year I mean if you're talking like a, a legit 
playoff contender, like a top six or seven team. I think we're a top ten program now, but we're not, with where the roster is right now, we're not quite at that top five, top six, top seven level. No. Because when you're at that level, like, I mean, you... You're destroying teams in the first half. I mean, most of your games. What if you had Jacob Eason and Nikhil Harry coming into this season? <laughs> How would you feel? Uh, I, I, I think I just got half a boner when you said that. <laughs> just just imagine if you had Harry on the outside. Maybe yeah, I mean, it, it would it would be amazing. I mean, and, that, and that's why the Hunter Bryant, we, we could talk about that later, but uh, I mean, that's why that, you know, that, that injury is a concern because I was counting on Hunter Bryant to give us a lot of explosive plays and now people have to pick up the slack. But yeah, I mean, Eason and Nikhil Harry, I mean, we've talked to, before the Hunter Bryant injury, we were talking about how the offense could be really good this year. And then you throw in Nikhil Harry and uh, Eason. You're talking about an offense that's gonna it's gonna score forty points on everybody in the in the conference. Yeah, no question. Fun to dream, you know. <laughs> it just you know that Nikhil Harry. I mean, just think of the complexion of the offense if you had a guy on the outside. I mean, a guy that's physically imposing, a guy you're gonna have to watch on every play. Um, so mean, that that's kind of what you know. Ty is Ty Jones going to be? I just don't expect him to be like this all-world wide receiver right out of the gate. I don't, you know. I maybe he will be, but I'm not. I'm not counting on it. That's the thing. The thing that we forget about a lot of recruits, like it takes them a couple years. Yeah. To really I mean, get going. I mean, unless you're like a really, unless you're like a a really high four star or five-star talent where you know by the second year like you can get pretty close to your ceiling so you know worst case scenario they have a bad showing they beat up on a what a division two team and then they have to play at utah um who does utah have before us probably some warm-up and they, they they know about that game. Like I Pac twelve media day, I was I was listening to a few of the interviews and uh Utah Whittingham like twice mentioned like their third game of the season. He said, like, I don't you know I don't know if it was with Softy or someone else because I listened to both interviews, but both times he mentioned like, Yeah, we know Washington's the third game of the season. Like we I, I don't know, you know, what the other Yeah, they're tuna Weber State and then at Northern Illinois. And then they're at home against Washington. I just, and there's some people, even like Joel Klatt, I mean, like he's pretty good, but he's saying that Oregon is our toughest game on the road. No. It's fucking Utah. I mean, Oregon, are you The hype that Oregon is getting Uh, is fucking asinine. Gaskin the last three years has averaged nine yards. I mean, they don't don't have any new great players on defense. I mean, Levitt's a good coach. They'll probably be better. And their offense in the bowl game without Royce Freeman was horrid. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know our. Class I mean, could from. could we lose to them? Look, if we if we if we have last year's team and the way it played on the road, then yeah, it's possible we could lose to them. But 
Oregon is like this idea that they're like a, a, a top, you know, 15, top 20 team that's going to win nine or 10 games. Like, I, I, re- I really don't see it. And I'm way, way more concerned about the Utah game. I agree. No, 100%. Utah is going to be a really tough game. And that, you know, that crowd is, uh, they a, get into the a game. Tough crowd. It's a tough crowd and it's, uh, it's loud. It's, I'll, I'll give them that. It's it's a good it's a good little stadium. Uh, they're pretty passionate fans. Uh, UW's gonna have to be locked in for that one. So obviously, getting a win against Auburn is gonna have you setting the tone uh, properly as you move forward. Obviously, so you know there, there's a lot at stake for the season. I think just from a lot of angles. Just so in, just in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, at least we don't have to wait a month for a game. Who was it? I was always bitching about. Oh, it was uh, that guy Boobs. He was always bitching about how the season never starts. You know, in the first month because they played a bunch of puffs. But look, we can be one and two, and we can still win the North. We can still win the conference, and that is a lot to. True. That's a lot to aspire to this season. I mean, we've only won the conference once. This is Pete's fifth year, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't win the conference last year. We didn't even win the North. Had a great chance. I mean, on on paper, this is a team that, you know, maybe it could be a playoff team. I don't know. I mean, a, a lot of things have to go right. You know, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if we were a playoff team, but... Browning's got to have a great year. He's going to he's yeah. going to compensate for the for the inexperience of wide receiver. They're going to be counting on some young guys to make plays. This and this is this is not as talented of a team as the 2016 team. Like I, I'm hearing people talk about this in previews. Like, oh, this this is Peterson. This could be his most talented team ever. Yeah, I don't know that I yeah. subscribe. Does John Ross ring a bell? I mean, do is there anybody <laughs> as good as Buda Baker on this team? Sidney Jones. Yeah, I Azim mean, Azim Victor, 2016 Azim Victor. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I hear you. It's it's true. I I I would I think it's be hard to argue that this team's more talented than that team. Well, dude, we have a lot of questions. I think we got to yeah. start diving yeah. in. Yeah. Let's. Uh, well, first let's talk about Browning because it's interesting. He. He did. Here's this quote on the Seattle Times, or they, they mentioned the Seattle Times article. He said, I think people look at it like I'm the guy that kind of brought it to where it is now, and now they need the next guy to bring it to that next level. And it's like, maybe, but I would disagree. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I don't agree with that. I, I didn't look at him as the guy who brought him to this point. Do you? No. I kind of look at it as a Peterson as a whole and how this team from a team aspect and it's been the defense really the defense has been the key I think to this comeback but, I mean first you can start by being a better leader and a better teammate well apparently Harry, he's heard all the criticisms right he's probably he's probably reading hardcore husky <laughs> you know he is yeah, I hope not. That's that's not a good place to go. If you want to read about Husky football, I mean, he, might, he might get it. I mean, he's 
he kind of has that attitude to him. He has that, you know, that isn't that as uh, satirical uh, Twitter or whatever. He seems like he has a sense of humor. Like I think he's a kind of guy who would brush it off. He seems to have a pretty confident guy. I hope privately Peterson is really pushing him because Peterson's praise publicly for Browning is it's a little over the top at times. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to give him more confidence. I don't know. What else do you want to say about Browning? I mean, I think we're all in agreement that he's got to take his game to another level this season, I think, for them to have the year they want. Especially, you know, like we've talked about with the the road challenges they're going to have this year, they're not going to have the luxury of last year's schedule. This is going to be a much, this is going to be a harder season for this team. Yeah, the the Oregon and you, Oregon. You look, Oregon and UCLA were probably going to be double digit favorites, but look, if you don't bring your B game, you could lose, or even your B plus game. Yep. No, I, absolutely, and I think. At least we're not playing in China or Australia <laughs> or London or France or Italy or whatever Larry Scott wants to do. I guess we should just be thankful for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, soon enough we're going to find out. Okay, all right, before we get into questions, I'll ask you a question. What does Brown, We've talked about this before, but just to refresh people's minds, what does Browning need to do to take his game to the next level? Well, he, he's got to be – his pocket presence and awareness has to be much improved. He, he is not – he doesn't he, – he cannot try to do too much with his feet. He's gotten himself into trouble. Like, he's more – if you look at him, I, in my opinion, he's more mobile than you would expect. However, his feet are not going to bail him out under pressure. He's got to step into the pocket. He has not – he does not need to go back 10 to 15 yards backwards. It's a bad habit, a habit he has got to eliminate from his game. Uh, he, he's going to have to be willing to accept some of his you know, limitations with throwing the ball downfield. And I think we've talked about it ad nauseum. I mean, he's really good. He has a really good accuracy in that 15 to 20-yard range. Uh, he's got to give the ball to his playmakers. So really, the keys are you know pocket presence, stepping into the pocket, you know not making throws, attempting to make throws that he simply can't do, and obviously making sure his team is mentally ready week in week out, and that he is consistent throughout all the ups and downs throughout the season. You know, he, instead of him, you know. Bitching or having that total attitude about that. He, he needs to go see the place kicker and put both hands on shoulder pads. Like, get the next one, guy. You know, shake it off, move on. I mean, that's the only thing you can do in those scenarios. You can't go in there and just obliterate a guy after that. Like, you got to go and pick him up. That's just the way it is. And that's what Billy Joe Hobart did to Bino Bryant during the Nebraska 1991 game where Bino Bryant dropped a punt, like, on the inside the 10-yard line, I think. I could I could be wrong, but... And then Nebraska scored, and I think they were ahead... What was it, 21-9? to nine? Something like, yeah. And he was, you know, by himself on the bench, and I forget what, what Billy Joe said to him, but said, you know, like, shake it off, we're going to win the game. 
or something yeah, like that. That's a leader. That's what you got to do. Stuff like that. 100%. And so that's what we need to see out of them. Honestly, yeah, guys yeah, miss like that, you, you've got to go and pick them up. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I always said it, it, it's our, it was the offense's fucking fault for losing that game. I mean, they got inside the like the six yard line twice. Yeah, and they no. couldn't finish the deal. I don't blame it. I don't blame it on the kickers. No, that's true. I I, I can't argue that. Especially when you're behind, you're on the road. It's the second half. You got to get touchdowns. <laughs> you absolutely do. And you know, we did have one on a very questionable hold call, but. If I recall correctly, you said it was a hold, right? Yeah, it probably was. Okay. Well. But anyway, um, you know, one – okay, I, I know I keep pushing the questions off, but one thing with our wide receivers, I am optimistic on Aaron Fuller. I mean, at the last couple of games, he really improved, especially the Penn State game. He had that nice touchdown. Yeah, I've always been a Fuller fan. I've, I've been on this bandwagon since this film. I know other people weren't weren't – you know, blown away by it, but I, I felt like he showed good field awareness, good hands. Like, I, yeah, I think there's an opportunity for Fuller to have have a good season. I, I mean, I think he's a solid number two. I know there's some articles calling him a number one, but he's uh-huh. a solid number two, and it really comes down to Ty Jones has really got to step up now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No question. You know, All right. hopefully those... those Short amount of game experience. Uh, he led the game. He led receptions, I think, in one game. Didn't he have three catches in uh, one of the late games? And he was the leading receiver, I think, with like three catches. Yeah, the last couple games. I think it was only two, but the, I think maybe the Wazoo game. But the last couple games, uh, Ty Jones and Fuller. I mean, they they were basically your one and two wide receivers. So. Well, they get Chico. There's, there's some there's some continuity. Yeah, Chico will Chico will help a lot. No question. All um, right. Okay, let's get into questions. With Miles and Ahmed, how much will other backs get carries? Of the other backs, who gets the most carries? I was actually thinking about that even before that question was asked. I think Pleasant's going to be that guy to get next in line for carries. Um, I know Coker and DDY are pretty enamored with Pleasant. I, I think he's a fine. He looked fine to me. He doesn't blow me away. Uh, he's a bigger. He's a bigger back. Um, it'll be. I'd be curious to see what he has, but I, I think he'll. He's the next back in line. Yeah. And then, oh, hopefully, he's on the Levon Coleman track. Hopefully, I don't think he's ever going to be as big as Levon Coleman. It's just not built the same, but. I think, I think uh, Pleasant's the next is third in line with that team. Who knows what's going on with McGrew? I mean, is he just too tiny? Yeah, I you know we'll see. We'll see. He's shifty. He's definitely shifty. There's no question about that. He got. I think he got popped in a game last year, and I made reference to it that he just looked like he didn't know how to take a hit. Like it was like a welcome to college football moment. <laughs> Well, I gotta shake. I gotta shake the phrase. No question. I've been saying it way too much. No question. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think it's. I think it's pretty easy to assume that. I think Pleasant will be third in line. 
I think I've said the word horrid like three or four times already. So that's yeah. my word for this podcast. Next question. Yeah. If, Bra- if Browning goes down early for the year, who steps up? Do they go QB by committee until someone pops? I think Hayner would be the guy. That's really scary. Are you gonna put Are you gonna put Sermon or Yankoff in there? I I just Well, I guess it could depend on the the, the timing of the injury, right? Because of the new rule. Can they play the four games at any different time in the year? Yes, they can. Oh, they can okay. I thought I. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I think Hayner gets the nod. He's been in the program now. This will be what his third year. Is it just me or does he look like a 12-year-old? Oh, no. He looks... <laughs> yeah, he looks like a, a, a young boy. He looks very young. It's crazy. Could you imagine if Browning went down during the Auburn game and he would have to come in? No. I, I don't even want it. I that would, want it. Yeah, that would just be... That would be horrid. But I think Hayner would be the guy that would come in to start. I think he would be... There would be a lot of handoffs. A lot of handoffs. No question. <laughs> or Wildcat. Yeah, definitely Wildcat. Let's see Gaskin throw a pass. You could see that as well. They'd have to get creative. That's Handon's worry. He'd have to deal with it. But, yep, yeah, Hayner, I think, will be next in line. I think they would try to get, try to live with Hayner as long as they could. Next question. Yeah. Is there a position where you can see a younger player overtaking a current starter besides kicker? Great question. That. Yeah, and um, I hate to say this because there's so much competition at the position, but if uh, Miller struggles with some of his, you know, you know, getting healthy from his leg injury, very competitive group. That would be one area that I could see. Um, you know, based on if, if he's a little slower to recover, um, you know, with his leg injury recovery. That could be one area. Uh, does BBK get passed up? Unlikely. Um, is there someone on the line that could get a position, lose a position at the, on the offensive line? Probably at the guard position there could be some movement. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you'll have... Nick Harris at center, and then obviously the tackles are well set, and uh, Wattenberg will be one of the guards, so it's really that other guard spot. I- I'd love to see Banavalu win that. Oh, of course. I mean, that could be... I, I think he had back surgery or something, and he- he'll be ready to go for-, for this camp, and I mean, if he can beat out Sozaby or whoever else is there, that would be that would be nice. Um, I, I go ahead. Know, well, it's Rap and McKinney. Oh, well, I could. Well, no, sorry, JoJo and Rap. I'd, I'd like. I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see Joiner overtake McIntosh. I think. I think McKinney would have something to say about that. Really? Yeah. Did McKinney play last year? He did. He did. Yeah, McKinney's. I like that kid. What? I think I think I would like to see Joyner take over Miles Bryant's position. Oh, the, the nickel? Yeah. Is is Elijah Molden, like, is he really big enough? 
he just seems kind of, I don't want to say tiny, but... He looks 5'10". He's not the biggest he, guy. No, but he had he won the best hands award in spring. He had, what, seven picks in spring ball? Yeah, but, I mean, who was that against? Jake Hayner and uh, <laughs> Yankoff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he... It, you know, can, can he do that against Stanford? Yeah. In Oregon, yeah. Oregon and UCLA. And by the way, that Cal game, that, that's a dangerous game for us, too. That's also on the road. Yeah, that's a, that's certainly a precarious game, I would agree. Absolutely. Because yeah. they, 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 play, they play defense. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's... We covered it pretty well. Yeah, I, I would like... I, and I know... Coker and Dennis have mentioned this, but and I think you just said that a joiner in the slot, like that would be, he he would be really well suited to that role. He plays with uh, he plays with the edge you like to see in football. In the game of football, he exemplifies some of that edginess that I think you need to have on defense. That's why I like him out there. He's yeah. chippy. He's chippy. Now I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have a Mondre at Sam. Oh, we have another question about a Mondre, so so I'll, I'll save it for that. I was thinking of Ali Keho, formerly known as Brandon Keho. Is that correct? Yeah. He, I mean, he's a guy who could by the end of the year. I mean, he he was a five star by two four seven. Maybe he can uh, do some damage and take somebody's spot. Yeah, I mean, that's who, who would it be? I don't think um, Bartlett's role. It'd have to be BBK or Amandre. I could see it being Amandre. BBK, it just seems like a coach's favorite. Don't see that happening. Next question. How much of a contributing factor will Taimani and or Latuli Gasanoa have on this year's D-line rotation? I... <laughs> I just don't know enough about each guy to, to say one way or the other. I just I don't like counting on true freshmen in any position, <laughs> unless they're Reggie Williams. I was just gonna actually I was gonna say the same <laughs> unless they're Reggie Williams. But you know some of the top tier guys. I mean Georgia Clemson. There's always like some true freshman that's just killing it at some, running some, back. Yeah, or linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's obviously exceptions. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think coming, I, mean, I, I guess, you know, you don't, they come in and they don't have a lot of responsibility on the D-line. I mean, they could get some snaps, but you just never know until you see them in game action. I I hope they can, I hope one of them can contribute. They need it. Well, the other guys at Mosiah, uh, he has a hyphenated last name. I'll just call him Mosiah. He was a, the one of the lowest rated recruits in that awesome class we had last year, but he's working out at that, uh, what is it called? Tracy Ford, the pro sports performance or something like that. And he's already up to 300 pounds and he looks really good. Yeah. He's got tremendous footwork. So that, I mean, that, that's a low, uh, a medium or low three-star guy. who's going to be a good player. I mean, he could, he could be a couple of these guys could see a few snaps this year. Now, if Gaines gets hurt, then, then it's a given. Yeah, 
then it's a given. Well, we need games at 100%. And I don't know that... He's the guy on the defense that can't get hurt. No, he's got he's to be healthy the entire year. There's no doubt about that. It's got to happen. Yeah, and I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, I think him, Jalen, and Levi, I, those three guys, I think you're going to have a really good D-line. Like, that's a scary good D-line. Yeah, health is the key, buddy. Health is the key. That's why I'm always drinking water and working out. There you go, man. Good combo. What next, do we got? next question. Give me a next question. Next question. Will they try to work in some of the freshman QBs at the end of games now that they won't burn a red shirt? Or is it more important to use that time for Hayner? Probably all <laughs> yeah. of the above. Yeah. I, I, if you can get them in the game, I say do it. If they can do it, get them in. I mean, look at the depth chart. we got quarterbacks up the ass for the next, like, what, six years? Yeah. <clears throat> it's true. And the thing with the, if the quarterback, I mean, if, when, when do you get into a situation where the quarterback, you think, oh, you know, I wish we didn't burn his red shirt because then we'd have him for one more year. I mean, if he was that good, he probably would leave early. Well, I wish we, had Tui. I wish we had Tui for one more year. Would it have mattered, though? Yeah, now that, now that you mentioned it, yeah, I wish, I wish. And I think another reason why that, just side note of history, Shane Fortney left the program. I was just thinking about that. And, you know, the, the accolades, Fortney, there was a lot of hype around Fortney as well. A lot of hype. Yeah. Interesting how things work out, isn't it? I think he later said that he regretted leaving. Oh, really? Yeah. I believe it. Next question. Who will take over as the default threat on offense? I think I think Quentin Pounds. Someone tweeted me. I forget his name, but thank you for tweeting me. And he mentioned Pounds. He, he's, the, he's the best default threat out of these guys. I mean, he can actually go up and get the ball until Ty Jones proves that. Um, you know, we can do that. Austin Osborne. What about my boy Austin? Is he, a, is he a, like a go up and get the ball kind of guy? I mean, does he have lift? I think he's got lift. Yeah. But he's a true freshman, and you don't like playing true freshman. Right. It's true, but he's one of those guys. You watch his film. Oof. Impressive. I, yeah. I, you, you don't, I mean, you don't necessarily need a deep ball threat. Well, yeah. No. You I don't. Mean, you, 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 you like to have someone who can stretch the field. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, but there's a lot of, I mean, I am I am concerned about stretching the field, but explosive plays, that's a bigger concern for me. And I think Chico, Ahmed, I mean, those guys in the passing game, we saw Gaskin do it last year. And, I mean, he was really good in, in that one, you know, the play in the bowl game, he would have had a touchdown if he kept running. Yep. That's another example of Browning. In bad leadership, you know, yeah. pouting after that pass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I would say I would say Quentin Pounds, honestly. I mean, he's he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he's proven he can be a deep threat. Well, yeah. I guess I'll go with Pounds until proven otherwise. I I, 
I hope someone else emerges. Me too. Next question is... Love to know your take on running yardage per back for the season. I assume they want Gaskin and Ahmed, not the whole lot. Yeah, I could. I, could, I think that's a safe assumption. <sighs> you know, I I think Gaskin finds himself in the uh, the twelve to thirteen hundred yard range again. I'm gonna pull up what he did last year. Twelve hundred over three years in a row. Let's see. Type away there, buddy. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I got two. I got two computers going here. Of course you do. Um, let's see, game uh, stats. Do you know his his thirteen oh two, thirteen seventy three, and then thirteen eighty? But his average has gone up every year: five seven, five eight, and then last year six two. Twenty one touchdowns, and he had three receiving last year. So you think it's going to go down a little bit? I think I said the twelve to thirteen hundred yard range. I, I think it'll be right in there. Yeah, I think Ahmed is a lot more interesting. Wow, he almost had four hundred rushing yards last year, three eighty eight. I mean, if I'm Gas, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for the guy, but if I'm Gaskin, I would like to take a couple less hits my senior year before going to the NFL as an undersized guy, personally. I mean, he the first last year, he only had seven carries against Rutgers, nine against Montana, eight against Fresno State. Wow. And still had 1,300 yards. And he, yeah, he only had 14 against Arizona State, which that's a big mistake. Oh, that's atrocious. Well, I, I think I think you'll probably find him right in that range. And, you know, I, I think Ahmed's going to have – I think he's going to double that yardage. I think they'll be around 900. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a pretty I, – I think the thing with these guys is they're also going to get uh, yards, I mean receiving yards. So, I mean, that's a more interesting uh, question for me because Gaskin, in 2016, he had 19 catches for 137 and one touchdown last season, 19 for 232 but three touchdowns, so he was a lot more dynamic. Um, I, you know, I, I would think... Are you eating? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, I, I would I would think, you know, maybe he gets 300 yards receiving. You know, maybe Ahmed, yeah, maybe he gets 800 yards rushing and uh, two, 250 or 300 yards receiving. I'll take it. What are you doing? You like cooking while you're on there? Yeah, with with my third hand. <laughs> Good for you. That's a talent. Next question. Okay. Uh, if do- if dogs win coin toss in Atlanta, do you want them to defer or take the ball first? Defer. They always defer. Yeah. What's your take on coin toss strategy in general? Do you normally like to take the ball first, defer, or not care one way or the other? If I wore a headset, if I were the man on the sideline. Which you should be. Yeah, I should be. After watching the John Harbaugh series on Amazon, I feel like I could be a college football head coach, which I did enjoy the series very much. I did like it, by the way. Uh, I would always, always defer. Always. Personally. And one interest, one thing that's very interesting to note, we are a very good 
Not just very good, honestly. We're an exceptional third quarter team. The last okay. couple of seasons. Keep it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm always at third quarter. You know, you, you try to get a score before half, and then you get the ball. Start third. Yep. Next question. Paint some pictures. One, what does it look like? What has to happen if Washington loses at Oregon? Two, what does it look like? What has to happen if Washington loses to Stanford? Um, I think number one, I, I think, you know, if, if we, if, if, if we're the 2017 team, are we the 2016 team where we went in and just blew everybody out really quickly? Or are we the 2017 team where we did nothing in the first half in, in basically every road game except Stanford? Yeah, I, I think if if they go and lose at Oregon, I think a couple things will happen. I think Oregon will have a much improved defense. Browning will have a bad game. Uh, they find a wrinkle in our defense. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of Oregon. I think uh, energy around that game uh, from a fan perspective. Um, you know, they come in and they're not fired up for the game. And they come in flat. Browning doesn't start well. Maybe they get them rattled. They're obviously going to bring up the whole finger-pointing thing and all that bullshit. Uh, so there'll be some emotion around it. Washington's mopped them up the last two years. Um, so I, I think, you know, Browning starting off slow, defense not having their best game, and Oregon finding some defense. It, there's definitely a slow start. I mean, Oregon, they I, – I know that they stopped Ahmed from scoring, which pisses me off because I wanted to win 45-3. to But if you watch that game, uh, Oregon really – it's just like a classic thing that you see with two teams when you know – when you, one team knows that they can't beat the other team. They play tough at the beginning of the game, and then as the better team starts to assert its will – your own will from the perspective of Oregon last year, your own will just kind of fades and you naturally just get beaten down. And so that's a game where we need to win the game in the first half. Dude, just get what, ahead. Are you like packing your house up to move? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Everything okay? Uh, yeah, everything's fine. This <laughs> sounds like you're packing, or like you're like putting all your dishes in boxes and leaving town. I don't know what you're hearing. I mean, this isn't that strong of a mic. Okay. But do you have any co- do you have any thoughts on the comment I just made? <laughs> Would you repeat it? Repeat the comment. Oh well, the comment was about. Um, uh, just when you have two teams and one team knows that they're not as good as the other team, but they really oh. want to win the game, you know, they might be able to stay in it a little while, but once the, the, once the better team asserts itself and establishes yeah. its will, then the worst team, um, they, um, yeah, you know, I, they start their performance and their will kind of fades. So yeah. I think with that being said, you look at what's happened the last two years, it's imperative that we assert ourselves 
early in that game because if you you know if, if it's a close game at halftime, the crowd can give them energy in the second half. Well, I think if uh, if they lose to Stanford, they're picking on like we're not playing well defensively. Uh, again, you know, Browning's not playing well. Slow start. Let them get in a groove. Uh, momentum plays going their way. Uh, you know, typical things that all you know that can go wrong in any game. Really, I mean, when you're playing better, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Oregon's going to be all that great. Stanford's going to be good. That quarterback looks to be decent. Um, you know, turnovers, playing shitty football. I mean, that's what costs you games. Not. Not being prepared, just playing like shit. Well, I think the Stanford, you know, Stanford. I think they're going to have a lot of questions on defense, but their offense could be really good. I think with Hunter Bryant being injured, that makes that leads me to think Stanford has the best offense in the conference. And but they do. I, I feel like they, their offense has a much lower floor than ours, just because like when a guy gets hurt. I mean, you saw when Love was out of the game, like how much worse they were. Against Oregon State, I know they changed quarterbacks, but that being said, I mean that game's at home. We should win that game. I think yeah, if, I, if it's a, I think if we have a shitty crowd, you know, that's gonna happen. I think it'll be a good crowd. Yeah, I mean, I think if we have like a shitty crowd and Stanford, we just, you know, Stanford's offense is just really in a groove, and our defense is, you know, Gaines is injured, so our D line isn't as effective. You know, our linebackers are not that great. And, yeah. you know, Stanford's healthy, and they're just able to move the ball. And then you, we struggle to stop their offense. What's the next question? Next question. Let's get to this. Yeah. Field goal kicking seems to be our potential Achilles heel. That's Does the sure. freshman kicker coming in have a shot at winning the job? Is he good enough to provide desperate help? It's hard to know, honestly. I don't think either Peyton, guy. You're about Peyton Henry? Yeah. I don't think either guy. It's a real problem that he's that he uh, is even in the running. I mean, apparently, what's his face? Uh, why am I blanking? Van, uh, not uh, Soderberg. Soderberg was, you know, sounds like he was hell bent on making this this, you know, his his year. And Peyton Henry, I think, is giving him a run for the money, which is not a good sign. Uh, I'm very concerned about the kicking game. I think it could probably cost us a game or two. That That is another area where it's gloom and doom for me. Okay, next question. Yeah. Why the fuck do we miss every five-star OKG? Well, are they just referring to Joe Nagata? Is it Nada or Nagata? Nada. It's his, the linebacker's brother. Yeah. Man, that, that's a bad recruiting miss. But if you were reading the tea leaves in the last month or so, it was looking like we weren't going to get him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we're not quite at the level we need to be to get to get five stars. Well, five stars, you're, we've gone through it. You're fighting the Blue Bloods. There's probably programs that are dirtier than us, willing to do more. Uh, things shadier than us? I don't know. I can't tell you. But 
you get into the five-star realm, you're competing against all sorts of shit that no one has any idea about. Nothing. You don't know the promises being made, all the bullshit. I mean, these programs are salesmen. And other salesmen are going to say whatever the fuck they want to, to sign the deal. Yeah, the I, mean, I mean, that's just not how Pete operates. I, I mean, that's what it, to me, that's what it seems like. I don't know. I, yeah, you know, no, you're right. It's a little shady. Recruiting is. We know it is. We know for a fact it is. And, and we know for a fact it happened at Washington. So, I, who knows what type of promises are being made to these guys. We're, and we're just not at that level where we can be confident that we're going to win a good chunk of these battles. Or I guess any of these battles. Because for five stars that we have a chance of getting... There's so few, but I think that guy from Hawaii, that defensive tackle, I think he's a five-star. I think we have a shot to get him. You know, and that's the other thing, right? I mean, Pete is such a process guy. He lives by a built-for-life philosophy. And you know what? Some of these five-star guys are going to have complete frickin' buy-in in it. Uh, You know... I don't know what to tell you on the recruiting thing. I, I'm not as dialed in as the experts are. We, we've lost great players out of the state of Washington. We lost you know, Demetrius DeBose to Notre Dame. I'll never forget that. Good never. Who was that lineman that went to Michigan? who played in the NFL. Guard, good player. We it was lost like the two, around the, around 2000, right? We lost. Yeah, he went. He was out of Bellevue High. Big old dude had a good career at Michigan. Played in the NFL. I mean, we've lost guys throughout the years. Are you I mean, talking about the deal, the Shane, no. or what no, was his he, name? He was an offensive lineman. Oh, so I think they had a black guy, too, before that. That was Could, from uh, Steve What Steve Schilling, is that his name? Yeah, Schilling. Schilling. Yeah. That was a huge loss. Uh, Sorrell, huge loss. Hatchet's going to be getting recruited like hell. Um. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Recruiting to me is a, is a bizarre world to, to live in. But look, if we win the conference this year and go to the playoff. You, you know when I was really wrapped up in recruiting? When I was like between 14 and 17, I was I was dialed in as you could possibly imagine into recruiting. Probably up until 20. And then slowly started to fade. Now, I mean... I get it. You gotta get damn good frickin' players. We've spent so much effing time going through how many blue chips you need on your roster, all the stats and the metrics and all that shit, and it counts. And you know what? If you don't get them, you don't get them. And if you don't get them, you're not gonna be elite every year. And then you're gonna have your seasons where you're really good, and then you have your down years. Like, we're in a very good position, but if we wanna, you know, we want to talk to playoff every year, Chess, and you want to be in that title game, then you've, you're going to have to land some of these big marquee guys. There's just that's just the way it get, that's just the way it is. And if they can't get them, they can't get them. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Just get somebody else. Get somebody else, or you know, <laughs> Pete's got it. Peterson's got to go back to the drawing board, tweak what he does. A little bit so they can get some of these guys. And I think, look, I think 
we're not at that level yet. I mean, if you're a five star recruit, but I mean, just, look, look, we're playing games. We're playing games at, at 7 p.m. at night. The Pac-12 Network's a fucking joke, and we're not. I mean, we're a top 10 team. We're not. A, we're not in the same level as Clemson or Ohio State right now. We're just not. And you know, hopefully, we will be in a couple of years. But I think those factors also factor in and make it a little difficult in in many of these cases. And the thing of it is, if you look from the perspective of the athletic department and Jen Cohen, do you? I mean, do you think Pete not landing five stars is keeping her up at night? I don't. I don't think so. I think she likes what she sees. She can sell this program. She can get money out of people with this program. She can get money uh, with Peterson as the head coach. Like. I don't think she's living and dying by five stars, personally. Me as a fan, yeah, I want them to get all the fucking five stars they can get. I want them to get the best players in the country. I want them to get the best players on the West Coast. I don't want them to lose a single player out of Washington. But, like you said, the game times suck. Fan base, you know, is not, I don't think, comes to every game like these two. But Cohen can sell this program. And she can get the money she needs to keep it running. She can make this a profitable program. There's no doubt about it. With the Adidas money, all those things, the but, university as a whole, but, bro, they can sell this program till the day is, you know, long. But all right, let's get back to recruiting. I, I don't think you and I and most fans, I mean, we're upset about missing guys in recruiting. But you know what really fucking matters? I want to win the fucking conference this year. I want to have a damn good fucking season, you know, because that's probably going to help help us have a better recruiting class and give us a better shot to win a national championship in the future. I mean, that's what really matters this year. And it, it hurts not getting Joe Nada, but um, he's a wide receiver. Like, that's not the difference between winning a national championship or not. I mean, it, it sucks. I want us, it, it, like you said, I mean, I want us to... to have a damn good class, but I want to have a really fucking good season on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what matters a lot more. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. 100%. And if you look at the recruiting, I mean, recruiting, because I, I posted something just before we started on HuskyFanPodcast.com. I mean, with the 2017 class, recruiting really leveled up. So in the next couple years... We're going to have a much more talented roster. Okay, they, if you're not re- listen. If you're not a recruiting junkie and you look at this class, are you gonna, or the last few classes? Are you gonna, are you going to be bummed out about what they've done? Like, if you're just like the majority, the casual fan, you look at the guys, you're through the moon about it. I'm sorry, not everyone's a diehard like we are. I mean, you look out on the outside, and you look at the recruiting, and you hear the you hear Softy talk about it. Like my dad. He gets all his recruiting news off of Softy. He's like, oh, dude, we got this guy and that guy, that. Yeah, yeah, I already know. You know? Like, they hear a few things on the radio. They read a snippet from Jude. I'm sorry, Jude. I, you seem like a great guy, but ugh. But, you know, I'm just... They make it sound like, you know, the recruiting's just fine. They're getting good players. It's, it sounds like your dad needs to change his, his sources of information. I'm just telling you where he gets it. Anyway, we spent too much time on that question. We got we got to roll through these. All right, let's All go. Right. 
UDEP scores a TD with 47 seconds left. Down by one. Pete go for, goes for two. You're Bush Hamden. What two-point conversion play will you call? Wildcat. I was thinking the same thing. Wildcat and then maybe a pass. Yeah, I think it would be the Wildcat or... Yeah. Wild, wildcat and then a pass to, uh, like, Jordan Chin, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Chin, sure. All right, let's go. What's All next? Right, next question. Dennis has me depressed. Can you talk me off the ledge? All right, let me do this really quickly. We're on the right track. The talent is getting much better. Um, and Dennis completely overreacts to almost everything. So <laughs> he's a great he's a great source of information. I agree with about eighty percent of what he says. But uh, I mean, we're recruiting just like we said. We're getting better and better players. What fucking matters is we need to win the conference this year at a minimum. We need to do that. So there's nothing to get depressed about right now. No, you, you, they, they have quarterbacks lined up, truly. I mean, they got Dylan Morris in a few years. They're going to get Sam Heward. I mean, the quarterback position's set. Um, you know, where you need to focus, you need to get the linemen. And, and, and just to interrupt for a second, the, the linemen for this class are going to be insane. It's going to be a very, very strong class on the D-line and offensive line. So you – if you neglect those two areas, your program's going to be shit. I don't care if you have five-star receivers. I don't care if you got, you know, good good secondaries. If you don't have shit for D-line or shit for offensive line, you will not be able to sustain winning seasons. It, it just won't happen for you. It, you. You just won't. You won't last. So if you neglect the trenches and you don't get guys in the trenches – I don't care who else you bring on to the team. It's and, not going to matter. And we're getting those guys. I mean, we're the next couple of years. I mean, we're going to have some very, very good line talent, and they, then we're going to have a very good, very good quarterback. So, they. I mean, they're going to lose McGarry and Adams. I mean, those are really tough guys. Yeah, the li- the line play might take a little dip next season, but after that, I mean, there's no problem whatsoever. Time will tell. Next question. How worried are you about the latest recruiting trend with Nada going elsewhere? You know, not really, to be honest. I mean, I just hope we don't take a shitty wide receiver. Let, let's, let's just take the best we can. I mean, we might, get four, we might get four defensive linemen in this class, maybe even five. Because we're in on some really, really good guys, and we're like, have a good chance to get most of them. I mean... I just don't have an emotional attachment to Nada. To I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think Dennis has said it all. <laughs> it hurts. He's a wide receiver. It's not that important. I mean, yeah, he's a real difference maker. It really hurts. You but... know, it's about Reggie Williams. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, we lost. We got beat by Clemson. And we'll get to the next question. How much of an overreaction is happening with a part of the fan base for losing a five-star Husky legacy wide receiver to Clemson? I – okay, where's the – I'm sorry. Maybe I 
I only look at one site where they're crazed lunatics and, you know. <laughs> Is that Dogman or are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore Husky. I mean, I, I bro, I, I don't know. Where, where are other factions of the fan base up in arms about it? Have we thought about that his brother told him, don't come to UW? You're not going to like it here? Uh, that's maybe, an interesting theory. Maybe his brother said, don't come here Don't come here to play. His brother has been in the program. He, you know, he sees the quarterbacks. He sees this team. Maybe he said, you're better off at Clemson. Don't come to Washington. I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe his brother told him not to come. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, def, it's definitely an overreaction, but the people who are overreacting, they're the ones who live and die off this recruiting info. And I get it. It's the precursor to how they're going to be in the future. I, I, I don't think anyone's lost on that fact. What, what are you going to do? Look at what Pete has done and come in. He's not a shithead. You know, he's not a drunk on the sideline. He's not a guy looking for a job at every corner. He's already won a championship. He's brought in better talent. He's brought in great assistant coaches. He's got one of the best. I mean, dude, he had a Kawasaki gave up his role from his own motivations to keep Jimmy Lake at the program by giving him the play calls on defense. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Pete ain't going anywhere. And look at these look at these recruiting classes. Twenty seventeen was fifteenth. Last year was twelfth. Okay, this year maybe it'll be sixteen, seventeen, maybe fifteen. And Jimmy, then we have the twenty. Uh, th- these two classes are being done without that much in-state talent. So we're we're. I mean, we already have two championship type classes. This one's going to be good. This one's probably going to be very strong. I mean, even one of our sources, the a coach told him they think this is going to be the strongest class that they've ever had. And we know that the coaches are not bullshitters. And then after this coming class, you have the in-state classes, which are fucking insane. So, the ta- like I said, the talent is just going to get better, 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 better. I mean, we're going to have four or five classes in a row that are going to be ridiculous. I mean, look at what Pete has already done with three and, you know, and four-star talent. He's going to have even better talent in the next couple years. And we're going to be competing for a national championship in the next couple years. So... It's like the recruiting is fine. I mean, the program trajectory is it's on the up for the next couple of years. We just need to win the fucking conference this year so that people can see that we're clearly the best in the West. We've won it two out of three years. We're kicking Stanford's ass again. You know, USC is a disaster. UCLA's rebuilding. Oregon is nothing. That's what needs to fucking happen. Then we can, you know, level up our recruiting a little bit more and perhaps get a five-star or two in the next couple classes i mean each year that that's pete, that's what needs to happen and pete hates the media he loves the media so i like him even more in that regard well one of his coaches did do an interview with husky fan podcast so that's uh that's pretty <laughs> awesome it's true uh, well that's uh, kind of how jimmy lake is he's yeah. awesome guy. i i really love jimmy lake i just i love that guy what's next uh, why is Dennis so negative during a nice rebuilding of Husky football? Okay, we've already covered that. Um, here's a, here's another question. Because he wants he wants he wants 
to be elite and to be elite you've got to get the best talent it yeah, is not I, about it no i mean I, I his 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 you know antics his antics aside i mean most of what he's saying is right i mean he does go over the top too often but but yeah, no, he's right. I'm yeah. not going to use wrong. No, we we, we want to see a we want to see a national championship. And Jimmy, are you just content right now with this top ten team that lost no. to freaking North last year? Of course not. Are you just con- but Jimmy? But you know, eight ten years ago we were zero twelve. Aren't you just happy to be winning games again? <sighs> Don't get me worked up this late. I mean, do you think Clemson is just that they're happy with with winning one? No, when you win one national championship, you want to win another. Oh, exactly. That's exactly right. You know, when people in business, when they make a million dollars or five million dollars, if they're really hungry, they say, "No, I want to make twenty million. I want to make fifty million now." You know why? I mean, why are we just ha- happy and content with just beating up on, you know, the Oregon states and the cows of the world and the Oregons? No, no. we want the program to evolve into an elite program where you know you. The conversation is. You're going to win the conference, and you're going to have a shot to win the national championship. Exactly. You want to be in that conversation every year that you have a legit opportunity to do those things. That's where we need to be 2020 to 25. Yes. All right, dude. We have one more question. Let's do it. Will Bowman play significantly more than Benning, and should there be any expectations for Amandre this season? No expectations for Mondre. I think. I think Bowman will earn the time. If he if he's earned it, he will play more than Potwai. But I, I think Potwai is not going to give up that role easily. I, I think it'll be a good battle. Yeah, I mean, I no, I, I think I think Potwai is going to have a breakout year. I maybe they'll play. It depends. Maybe they could play both of them sometime, but I I, I, I want Potawai to be the guy who's out there. I yeah. think I think we've talked about. It. I, I he has to be a breakout guy this year, and I think he can with the way he played at the end of last year. Go watch the second half of the Penn State game. He was really good. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. On that note, Jimmy, uh, good good work as always. You, you too, brother. You too, buddy. But uh, yeah, uh, good, good, good recruiting talk. When are when are we going to do the next pod? Because I know you're going out of town. It's going to be uh, sometime after the 21st of August. Unfortunately, I might be able to sneak in, but it's probably unlikely. Yeah, got to do some sneaking. I'll see what I can do. Otherwise, it's going to be the week before the Auburn game. Damn. Well, I have plenty to talk about, at least. Oh, shout out to Huskies fan ninety one. He he answered that question from Gladstone. Shout out to Gladstone too about the two point conversion play. He said Wildcat with Gaskin. Awesome. Good call. <coughs> All righty. All right. On that note, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll do this again hopefully very soon. Have a great rest of the summer. And uh, go dogs, go to huskyfanpodcast.com. You can contact us at at huskyfanpodcast. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Good night and uh, good morning if you're listening to this in the morning.
Good night and good luck.